The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! George's Fox. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good fucking day to be a Yankee fan. I met Great that. Day. I met Great that. day. It's game week, baby. It's, it's game, game week. week. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday at like 530. Uh, you're hearing this on Wednesday, hopefully. Maybe Thursday. But like Thursday night, it's baseball. Baseball's here. As much as I did not think we would get here, baseball is here. We I was wrong. It. We made it. We made it healthy. We got through these three exhibition games without any bullshit injuries, which I was very paranoid about. I know you wanted to bubble wrap them, too, so I am relieved. Just to see that, like, there was nothing incredibly stupid. Like, Geo taking a ball to the dick. Last season, that is that somehow turns into, like, testicular cancer. That's three like, months. Yeah. Like, it is. Like, something awful happens, but... I did not think we would get here. I can admit that I was wrong. All the numbers said that we would not get here. And now that we're here, I do think it will be very difficult to finish the entire season just because of the world. I think things change when uh, players have to get on planes and they're going to different cities and things like that. There is more risk there. But I also think that for it to get – for everything to be shut down again – Things are going to have to get really bad. I think baseball is going to be stubborn about staying open. So, I mean, we might get through this whole thing. That's exactly how I feel. You think shit would really have to hit the fan for Manfred to pull the plug. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, you hit on the key point. We are healthy. Um, I think DJ LeMayhew, I, I, I don't know what it would take to keep him out of the, the lineup on Thursday. Like, he is – him – rolling it off the street after being, you know, on quarantine for two weeks is better than any other option we're going to put out there at second base. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he played in both of the last two games, and when Boone is like, I don't know, maybe if he gets his legs under him, like, he's playing Thursday night. You could put the bank on it. He's going to be out there. Yeah. I was like, 
what are we even talking about here? Yeah. He's the only guy who's just who's been playing the whole time. Like he's been taking ground balls every day. He doesn't need a ramp up period. And Boone actually talked about how he's pretty much got the best bat to ball skills, maybe in the entire game. Like that guy needs maybe an hour to regain his timing. It's not like how we talk about Stan, where he needs a month to face seven different pitching machines and dry swings and wet swings. DJ's good to go. DJ is a, um, he's very simple. Bat hits the ball. I remember when I would get in a slump when I was playing from like little league through high school, you know, if I was in a real bad slump, I would just say to myself while I was at the plate, bat hits the ball, bat hits the ball, bat hits the ball, bat hits the ball. And that was it. Like I just need to make contact and stop striking out, whatever I'm doing, pulling off. And I just feel like that's where he is at all times. Just bat hit the ball, bat hit the ball, bat hit the ball. And that's all he does is Boone says DJ does what DJ does, and that's put the ball in play and hit a lot of singles, a lot of doubles. So ready for him to be at the top of the lineup. First at bat of the season, Scherzer versus DJ. Does it get it? Doesn't get much better than that. It, it, it's an exciting week, to say the least. And I think um, we – I don't know. I, think, I guess, like, we all needed it. We all need this. It's Maybe I didn't understand how much – you know, and, and I think it's different when you have a – you know, when when you have a kid, things are a little different for you, uh, where it's just like, ah, the nation doesn't need baseball right now. We need this to end. We need people to be healthy. Um, but we're not getting that, so we might as well uh, have some baseball, too. We need it. Think about how far we've come. Two months ago, we were sitting here talking about Tiger King, Call of Duty, just whatever we could come up with. And now we got real live games to talk about. It's it's wonderful. Remember when here this whole quarantine was just a couple gay guys with tigers and thinking about Todd <laughs> Hanks? Feels like eons ago. Really does that week. Um, so we, I mean, the boys are buzzing. That's the best way to put it. I mean, I saw. Uh, so I admittedly missed a lot of the uh, Phillies game. I was filming something with NBC for uh, their Clear the Shelters thing. And just a reminder: if you or someone you know is going to adopt a dog uh, sometime soon. I'm giving away $100 to every person who adopts a dog, up to $10,000, SusanPupman.com. So I was filming that, so I missed the beginning. But in the Mets games, from what I saw and from what I caught up on the Phillies games, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Stanton goes deep. Gary goes double deep. Uh, Judge is crushing the ball. We've got other guys chipping in here and there. You know, with with base hits, but if we have our three power guys being our three power guys, we'll get guys on base. Exactly. You hit home runs, you hit the ball over the fence, you score runs. It's not rocket science. Those are the three mashers. It's Judge, Stanton, it's Sanchez. If those guys are in the healthy and they're in the lineup, it's impossible not for us to win games. And Max Scherzer looked like shit against the Phillies. I he saw Harper took up. him deep, and I saw Didi took him deep. So he got lit up. It was like seven runs in the first inning. And normally, if something like that happens and you have to face Scherzer the next time, you're like, ah, shit, like that psychopath is – I think there's just going to be a different element without all the fans there. I don't know if it's tougher to lock in the way a guy like, like, a guy like Scherzer does, where you've got all that energy, whether it's good energy for you, bad energy against you if you're home or on the road. I think it's tough to get to that psychopath level of locked in that he needs to get to. Definitely. And think about Scherzer. He's always grunting. He's always yelling and screaming. He thrives on emotion. I think that's going to hurt him a lot more than Cole, uh, for sure, especially since we're on the road. 
and it's them that aren't going to have the fans. You know, it's kind of an advantage for us when we're on the road to be playing with no fans. Yeah, I think, like, Cole, so I think, like, Scherzer wants to fight your whole team and your fan base. I think Cole just wants to fight the batter. And that's it. He's just locked in on just that. It's just me and you. That's a great analogy. They would have been getting their championship rings and doing the trophy celebration. I mean, that crowd would have been fired up on Thursday night. Yeah. They're now they're not going to be there. None of it. Um, Voight, Homer, too, which is good. Mike Ford, Homer, like, I've wanted for years, like, a good competition at first base. And it's Voight's job. Um, it is still Voight's job. But having Ford right there behind him, uh, and having just Ford available off the bench in pinch hit situations, I don't know that there's necessarily a rhyme or reason to, like, being a great pinch hitter. I don't know how, like, these guys figure, you know, lock in for that or who does it better or who doesn't. But he's got something going for him there. He does. He had the pinch hit walk-off homer last last year against the Athletics, and he just showed up and hit a bomb. And the thing about Ford is he never has a bad at bat. He rarely swings at balls out of the zone. He doesn't always get a hit, but he puts together good, consistent at bats. And I'm all for competition as well, although it seems like Yankees Twitter has really been butting heads at least the past few days about Boyton Ford. Yeah, I mean, well, I, that, it's been the situation at first base for a while, you know. Bird and Voight, you know. Where – is Greg Bird making the Rangers roster? I don't know. I have not followed him one iota. I, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, now I'm curious. But, I mean, I don't think Clint is going to make the 30-man roster to start. But he's looked good, too. He like, has the upper tank job in the mask was sick. By the way, I like what he's doing with, with wearing the mask too. I mean, part of it was, you know, we've talked about, you know, when does he throw like a logo on there? But it seems like he's just like, hey, I'm just committed to, you know, I, I'm committed to doing what the govern, you know, what the government's not really saying, but like what people are saying we should do. So I like it. Um, I mean, overall, it's just when you look at us offensively, when we looked at those uh, the inter squad games. There was no offense. We were getting like a base hit here or there. But some of these, when you look back, like there's a difference between, oh, hey, especially at Yankee Stadium. Like, oh, hey, Judge got one and just got it over the right field wall. Um, There's, you know, some real like wall scraper home runs. But these guys are just, I mean, it's coming in batting practice to them. And when you see these guys really starting to turn on them, the way they are because Judge pulled the shit out of the ball. Stanton did. Like, now they're, they're ahead of pitches. They're locked in. There's, you know, not too far they can go further than being where they are. And it's where you want to start and where you want to be coming off of if you're going to have a sprint to 60 games. Sure. Healthy and rocking. And all five home runs Monday night, I believe, all went 400 feet. So you're exactly right. There were no there were no wall scrapers. And Gary in particular, I mean, that was just majestic. You're such a big Gary guy. I saw that. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. Nick probably well, has never swing, shirt man. on. That swing is just – it looks like Manny Ramirez when he connects. Like that effortless, just the whack, and, and the pimp jobs are great. So, yeah, no, I was loving it. And Stans was rocketed, too. I think Stans was like 450. Yeah, I mean, he crushed it. And and that's like that's what we're paying for. That's what we signed up for. So you know, let's just do more of that. Um, the judge's home run on uh, Monday was pretty funny, and that that's like the odd 
stuff that you get when you're dealing with, um, you know, just this summer camp presented by Camping World, which I feel like I haven't seen Camping World on it anymore. But, you know, you're going to get, hey, this guy needs to throw a couple more pitches. Do you mind if we just give you one more at bat? And I don't even know how many more pitches he got because in nothing, there's no, like, there was no count on the screen. So, like, was that was there just one more pitch? And it was one pitch. Well, the and Yes Network pulled away and didn't even show it live. I was watching. Obviously, we're in Philly. I was watching on the local Phillies broadcast, and they actually stayed with it. So I saw it live. So most of Yankees Twitter was freaking out, like, oh, I didn't see it, but, but I saw it, and it, he crushed it. Yeah, and had no idea what to do. Like, do I run the bases? Do I not? This is all kind of silly. Honestly, with no fans there, for a home run, why are we even running the bases? What are we doing? Yeah. It's hot out. You know, they're they're still flashing the lights and doing the da 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 when they cross the plate to so the stadium. They're still doing. You need the, the energy. There. You need that for the yeah. players. Um, oh yeah, because they're piping in sound. Um, Which, what do you think of that? By the way, the piped in crowd noise. So, I at first was like, this is going to be stupid, right? Because I think everything's going to be stupid, but I think it adds something to it. I think it decreases liability in terms of, you know, you've just got hot mics. You have no background noise. You're going to get some fucks out of these players on national TV, which you get anyway in pro sports. But, you know, I could see protect themselves from that. I am so surprised at how much I liked the cutouts at City Field. You like those? I hated those. It made it, like, if you're not paying, like, attention to just that, the visual and some of it felt like I was watching a normal baseball game. Interesting. See, I prefer the empty seats. I'd rather look at empty seats than just creepy pictures of random people's faces just staring at me. I don't know. I I would all, like them to do – I I kind of want a game where they don't do any of the extra stuff. Like just make this like a high school game almost. I just want to see what that's like. But like I get what they're doing, and they're trying to provide you know some air coverage for the announcers because – Next thing you know, one of these guys says something and gets themselves in trouble, and it's not, you know, and, you know, they're not throwing out racial slurs, but you throw out a couple fucks, and that, you know, it ruins someone's image of, you know, being a hero or whatever it is, a role model. Bad PR. Yeah. Um, on the pitching front, we had a workout today where Tanaka threw. I haven't heard anything good, but I haven't heard anything bad, which is what's important. Like, I, you know. Yeah, 30 pitches it looks like, and then they said he's going to throw again in five days, and I think all signs point to him making that that first start against Boston Friday, July 31st. So he missed the first national series. He would miss those four Phillies games, and then he, we would save him for the Red Sox. So coming back on game nine or ten, I mean, that's I'll take it. Yeah, after you take a Stanton liner to the head, like, yeah, I'll take that. It's gone as well as it could have gone, and we've been saying that the whole time. So our rotation is going to shape up to be Cole. Paxson, Hap, Montgomery, and then are we going with Mike King? Well, Boone said today they're going to go bullpen game three, and they're going to go Hap game four. Oh. So I think that Sunday game in D.C. is going to be some combination of, I guess, Green to open, maybe Lewisaga after that, and maybe King involved there. They'll go Hap Monday. They'll go Montgomery Tuesday, and then Cole will get the home opener that Wednesday at Yankee Stadium. Because, yeah, because King made the 30-man roster. I know they sent uh, Garcia down. They sent Clark Schmidt down. I mean, which is fine because you are – 
it, you know, you're the next guys up if we need it. It's 30 for the first two weeks. It's 30 guys, then 28 for two weeks, then 26 the rest of the season. Yes, and you will see Clark Schmidt in pinstripes this season at some point, I promise. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to get injured for it to happen, which, you know, it stinks to uh, to say, but it's likely going to happen. Um, and then also, I mean, Clark Schmidt is not on the 40-man, so, like, they might try to hold off on him. Like, I don't know that this is the time to start playing the service time game, but they might. Definitely. Cashman's always thinking long-term. In terms of the other pitching guys, Davey did not look great last night. Hit a couple of guys, made a couple of wild pickoff throws. I think they pulled him in the second. He's not going to make the team, and I'm not so sure if we'll see him this year. Like, I definitely think we'll see Schmidt. I'm not as sure that we're going to see Garcia. Yeah, I mean, I think it was was hopeful. And in this... um you know, just weird world we're in, weird season we're in. It was like, oh, well, hey, whatever. We know he's good. We know he's going to be good. Let's just be hopeful that we get him sooner just because we, we're looking for good things to be happy about. But I think with Tanaka looking like he'll be back, you know, in like a week, when you look cold the way he's looked, when you see Montgomery has looked really good. I think you had here in the notes that he threw us five shutout the other day, hit 95 on the gun. Really, like, some good zip on the ball, especially coming off of, you know, Tommy John, where you worry about, you know, guys being cautious and all. He's out there to win. Like, we have a good rotation, uh, and we have the ability, thanks to our bullpen, to kind of, to throw in a bullpen game. Do I like a bullpen game, game three of the season? No. I hate that. It doesn't Throw- make any sense to me. Just... And if it's the matchups, then it's like, well, we just don't want Hap pitching against the Nationals, however it lines up, on Sunday. Good, throw King there. Or throw Gumby there. Yeah, I don't understand burning the bullpen out during Game 3 when I believe after that Nationals game, I think they play 10, 12, 14 in a row. So that seems a little bit sketchy to me. Obviously, the Yankees are way smarter than me, and they have access to much more information. And I'm sure Cash and Boone have their reasoning. But on the surface, you kind of scratch your head when you see that. But, like, at the same time, if we didn't have that to complain about, what would we have in life? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? We need it. We need it. But I, I really think Paxton is going to be the key. You, you pretty much know what you're going to get out of Cole. You know Tanaka is going to be maybe slightly above average. Paxton could be almost like an ace, or he could kind of pitch like a dog. I think he has the highest variance. Yeah, we need second half of the season playoff Paxton. We don't need first half of last year Paxton. We need Seattle Paxton. We need the Paxton we don't got. And but I think the thing that we have on our side is we need pending free agent Scott Boris Clyde Paxson. Yes. <laughs> I think that's exactly what we're going to get. You know, if they just – I don't give a shit. If they just want to do one cutout behind the seats of the stadium and it's Boris holding a bag <laughs> of money for Paxson starts, I'm fine. Like, hey, you're going to get that money somewhere. Just whatever motivates you. That's perfect. And Paxton is a guy, obviously, from Canada. He's going to follow the money. He's going to take the highest dollar, just like most guys do. And that's okay. But, yeah, let's use it. Let's use it to our advantage, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm still – I still don't – because I said it beforehand, and so I've got to stick with it, that this is – whatever this is, I don't think it's the World Series. I think it's a different thing. But I am in favor of win whatever's in front of you. 
is the same as like we don't make the schedule. If you give us the Orioles ten games to start the season, that's not on us. We don't make the schedule, play the games in front of you. Let's go out and win whatever this thing is. And I feel like, you know, the guys are motivated because even if you look back to when COVID started, and this was the thing that made me feel it's tough to not get behind the team, but to get behind the sport as like summer camp started again. This team all wanted to stay in Tampa. When this was a two-week thing, they were like, cool, we'll be here. Let us know. Is it open? Because DJ's hopped in the fence to <laughs> go, go play. So if you guys could open the gate, that'd be good. So, you know, these guys are playing to win something. You know, guys have a lot to prove. Uh, and I think for the players in general, the guys who are out there playing, they, you know, they, they want to show that they're worth the money that they complained about possibly not getting. Yeah, and we give a shit. I mean, from from top down, our owner cares more, I think, than most other owners. I think Boone cares more about winning than most other managers. I think our players care more. When you have a championship-level club, you're going to be more into it. You're going to be more intense. I'm sure when COVID happened, the Tigers guys, they bolted and they all went home. They know they're not going to win a World Series. So I think you see that intensity all the way from ownership to us as fans with podcasts and, and everybody in Yankee land. Yeah. Um, so I got into it with some people on Twitter yesterday. Um, you even got, uh, you got tagged. When people start tagging you, like, yo, Nick, your podcast co-host is fucking reckless right now. Oh, I didn't even see that. I know I'm on one. So, I didn't see it, so I don't know if they did it. Did they play a fake standing ovation for Didi? I sure hope not. I, I can't confirm, but there, I didn't see anything. There were rumors going around. So, in a traditional game, right, if the Phillies came to New York, this season, which they would not have. Uh, but whenever they do come in, I think they come next, they go next year. Uh, there will be a tribute video for Joe Girardi, who won multiple World Series as a player, won a World Series as a manager, was our manager for a decade. That is very well deserved. He got pushed out by Brian Cashman. That's just a business decision. So I'm not mad at anyone. I think it was the right move at the time, personalities and all of that stuff. 100%. If, and who knows where he's going to be because he's on a one-year deal. If Didi Gregorius comes back to New York at some point to play, he will likely get a standing ovation. As long as he doesn't show up as a Red Sox, I think he will get a standing ovation. Now, getting a podcast, getting a standing ovation from real live people in a real game is one thing, but there were rumors going around that the Yankees were going to pipe in a standing ovation for Didi's first at-bat. Oh my god. And I just thought, like, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, because one, he'll be back in a week in a real game, and two, what the fuck are we doing? This guy didn't win anything. And, like, I get, maybe I'm because I'm a guy who says, I don't really care about Don Mattingly. Kind of a different generation. Um, I get it. He won an MVP award. That's great. Didn't win a World Series. So, like, I don't really care. Uh, Luis Soho, World Series winner, champion. Great guy. Didi Gregorius did not win a World Series. So some people go, you're just going to put that on the World Series? Like, it's a team sport. Okay, great. As an individual, was never an all-star, was never a gold glove, hit two thirty-eight last year but tweeted a lot of emojis, and people like that. And I get that. Great, it was fun. He'd, you know, send out his cute emojis 
Oh, Didi's out taking pictures in the middle of the night in Times Square. No one knows who he is. Oh, he swiped people in with a Metro card. Like, that <laughs> stuff is all great and fun, and we should put him in the hall of fun guys. But to play a fake standing ovation? The fuck are we doing here? This is give everyone a trophy. It's gotten out of control. It almost reminds me of people that can't get over an ex, like like they're romanticizing how great it was. And I'm sorry to say this, Didi was a microcosm of our failures against the Astros. He was a good, not great player, a good but not championship level infielder that hit 235 in the combined 13 ALCS games against the Astros with one RBI. And everybody says, but the wild card home run against the Twins, but the other grand slam against the Twins. Great. He had a couple of big home runs against the Twins, and he hit 235 against the Astros with one RBI. It wasn't getting it done. It wasn't good enough. It was the right decision to let him go. Nobody else even offered him a multi-year deal. Like, like They're talking about him like he's Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano was a perennial all-star that won a World Series that was a top player for us for a while. Didi was like a solid player for us for a few years. It's ridiculous. Yes. Didi was better than we expected dog shit after Derek Jeter. Like, yeah, he was above average. He wasn't Brendan Ryan. Right. He wasn't Stephen Drew. Like that's really what it comes down to. And I love, dude. I, I was there for the. I was there for the wild card, you know, home run against the Twins, and obviously we were there for the grand slam against the Twins last year. Loved it. You saw me screaming. Face was all red. Yeah. I'm all in. But let it go. It's over. It's over. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's not coming back. There's not room for him to come back. It's just. Yeah, it's just not happening. People and, still have his, his notifications on. Like, I'm seeing people, too, like, oh, still following DD's notifications. Can't let it go. I'm, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, it's pretty it, – yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, so, I, and I don't know. I mean, it's a different – I get it. Like, not everyone is 35. Not everyone has seen all these championships. Um, you know, there are guys – you know, if you're 25 years old, like, you know, you, you don't have, like, that memory of winning. So it's just like, oh, well, hey, these are the good memories I have, and I get that. But I had someone say, well, what about Tanaka and Judge and Glaber? And I rattled off. Tanaka has not lived up to his contract. Now, I don't care how good he's been in eight playoff starts over six years because he's only gone seven innings twice. Um, he routinely misses starts. His arm's always tired. I get it. It's an injury. It doesn't happen. That doesn't mean that he hasn't lived up. To, like, that doesn't mean – because of that, he's lived up to what he could be. I also kind of feel this uh, in, like, the Jordan-LeBron debate. Like, oh, well, Jordan missed those years. Well, then he shouldn't have missed those years. Right. Um, like, that was his choice. So I say Judge is injured too often. Needs to, like, he's, he's buzzing right now, and that's great. But, like, got to keep that going. And Glaber, it's too early to tell what he is in his career. No, you're right, and I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not as extreme as you are, but I'm definitely closer to your side. Judge and Glaber are elite, elite players when they play. Like, Didi was never, like you said, never even an all-star. Yeah, so he was a two-time all-star, I'd be like, yeah, you know, man, he just, you know, he didn't have the team. (laughs) But, like, you had, because if you're in New York, too, and you don't become an all-star, like, you have the most media behind you. You have the most fan base to get, like, this voting. Like, you can get super hyped up to get into that game. And they just haven't, you know, it hasn't happened. Everything at his disposal, and it never happened. He was marketed all over the place. And my last memories of Didi are popping up the first pitch against Garrett Cole with the bases loaded in, in game three of the ALCS. And, and 
flying out and swinging at the first pitch. I mean, he was put, putting together awful at-bats in the last ALCS. And, and like I said, I really think he's a microcosm of our not being able to get over the hump, not being a championship-level infielder like Torres and LeMahieu clearly are. Yeah. No, um, and I get it. Like, people like him. It was fun when he did that. But, like, he didn't do enough for me. No. Is what I'm saying. Couldn't agree more. And you saw that, like you said, you saw that in the market. He got a one-year offer from the Phillies. Nobody even offered him a multi-year deal. So it's not like, it's not like other teams were out there offering him $100 million over five years, and we just told him to get lost. Like, he didn't really have any offers. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we valued him at what he was, and it's not as good as Glaber Torres, who's going to play for half a million dollars right. instead of $14 million. Exactly. So let it go, guys. Yeah. Well, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and prop bets on, huh, on all available 24-7. That's a weird read. Listen, Bet Online's good stuff. On the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather joins Bet Online's team to give you a brand new segment, The Ice is Right. Floyd talks about all of his jewelry and gives you a chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Listen, I don't read so well, but neither does Floyd Mayweather. So, (laughs) betonline.ag. There you go. Place a bet on Thursday because we're a lot. Yeah. I mean, should I, should I just bet like 100 bucks on the Yankees every game for the whole season? Theoretically, you come out ahead. And just like see where I end up. Yeah, it'd be, be a good experiment. Huh. I mean, we're favored pretty much every game, but I mean, they'll win, they'll win more than they'll lose. That's the thing. I end up every season at some point tweeting, like, if I bet $100 on every game this season, like, where would I end up? And someone, there's some website to figure it out, and I just never remember where it is. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But no, apparently you can just type in a team and it'll like do it for you. But I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel as good as I can going into a Yankee season. Um, I think I feel better going into this 60 game season than I would have if we started on time because of injuries. Like we have the full Death Star lineup ready to go, which we have not seen before. Yeah, baseball-wise, this was a godsend for us. Again, we were looking at Gardner, Frazier, and Talkman as the original opening day outfielders with all of our starters on the bench. Yeah. Would have been, and Gary had a sore back. I mean, we had a lot of issues. We had a ton of issues. Back. A ton of issues. Um, in terms of who we're playing, we know who we're playing. We don't know where we're playing them. Uh, over the weekend, Canada, um, so like Toronto – like, you know, the downtown and then, like, the province have all said, like, you could play baseball here. The federal government uh, government of uh, Canada has said, no, nah, you're not playing here. You're not bringing Americans back and forth across this border. You're out of your mind. Um, with COVID going on, it's just not going to happen. So the Blue Jays are now in a position where they have to find another home. And we're sitting here two days before the season starts. They start on the road, so they have, like, an extra week to figure it out, but they don't have anywhere to play because the initial thought was they'll go to Buffalo, but Buffalo does not have enough. The facilities aren't up to the standards that they need to be. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a triple-A triple field. Uh, be more con- I guess it would be convenient for us to go to Buffalo, but it seems like Pittsburgh is going to be the, the likely destination. I saw that they only have seven conflicting home dates out of the 60 games, the Blue Jays and the Pirates, and obviously PNC is a beautiful field. You would think that all signs are, are leading to western Pennsylvania here. Yeah, I think that because the other option, I guess, would be Dundee, I think is how you say it, in Florida. Oh, Florida, man. Like, but, huh. like, yeah, you don't want to put in, you know, extra trips into Florida right now. Or maybe, who knows, maybe in a couple of weeks, like, that makes sense. And they do have, you know, major league facilities. But at the same time, I mean, I've seen a lot of pictures of different stadiums, like, adding, like, almost like a tent next to the dugout. So they could space guys out. You know, there, there's more going on. A lot of the, the major league stadiums have made adjustments to be able to cater to, like, these new rules and, and keeping everything good that a AAA team in Buffalo does not have the ability to probably do that in a week. It's not fair to have the Blue Jays play at a minor league stadium with the other 29 teams playing in major league stadiums. This is an unfair competitive advantage, and there are division rival, but I'd still rather everybody be on somewhat of a level playing field. Yeah, and I think it's tough for the visiting teams, too, you know, in terms of just, like, you've got to get training staff in there. So earlier in the day, I saw that Pittsburgh was a possibility. There's a couple overlap games, so maybe they figure something out, or maybe those turn into road games for the Blue Jays, but, like, they're they're on the road, but they're the home team, What you know, whatever it is. But also... They did say, like, the the Pirates have said, like, this it's not ideal for us. It is, it will be a strain on our staff and all those things. But right now, this is about, like, helping people and getting this done and making sure the game of baseball can happen, which is not something we heard from anyone in baseball too long ago. No, it would be an awful PR look if the Pirates owner was like, nah, fuck you guys, like, we're good. <laughs> can you yeah. imagine? And I also think, like, Pittsburgh is... For what they're trying to do in terms of, like, everyone's just playing within their, like, divisions, Pittsburgh, you can't go much further west and then and be like, oh, this is why we did this, you know? It was the same yeah. thing when they talked about um, when they first laid this out, like, Minnesota had to play in Florida. Well, then it's, you know, it's totally different for the Tigers. Puts a wrench into things. Do you think the Yankees would take a train to Pittsburgh or do you think they would fly? I think they'd still fly. Yeah. But as you're trying to, because the different, like, it's easier to fly to Pittsburgh from New York than it is to fly to Tampa. Yes. But, and they're just trying to, because the games are condensed and there's a lot more going on and more testing and all this stuff, I think just like the wear and tear on the guys, they're trying to, to minimize. So, who knows, maybe it's like Pittsburgh and maybe they have to play, you know, those seven games in Detroit or, you know, something like that. Or they just, you know, they figure it out. Maybe they play a couple games here in Philly. A lot of options. But look, I guess this is the only team. They're the only Canadian team. So it seems like the other 29 teams are fairly set up as of now in their home park. So it's it's not the worst thing. That's just one team. Yeah. I didn't think when this whole thing started, like, governors weren't going to let it happen. Like, Gavin Newsom was just like, no one's playing anything in California. And it seems like, you know, there's been some flexibility on that, provided everyone, like, follows the rules. And for right now, everyone's been following the rules. We've been seeing the number of people testing positive going down because we're – we're past the point of, like, oh, you didn't show symptoms or, like, oh, it didn't, like, kick up in you yet. Like, Chapman probably got infected before he showed up, and then it just didn't come up on a test until a couple of days in. 
uh, like the NBA, they're in the bubble and they're now saying they have no positive tests, which is how the bubble's supposed to work. Like, that's great. There are Disney employees that go in and out, but they're subject to testing. But provided everyone follows the rules, no one's going to get infected. Uh, people will get infected in baseball just because they do have to interact with, you know, the outside world and they're not in that bubble. But as long as everyone keeps it going, like, once we get to, you know, it's August 30th, like, they, people get a little more lax with how they conduct themselves. And as long as the league and the teams keep pushing that, I think we we could be okay, and we just can't go to Canada. <laughs> yeah, Canada Canada's out in the same way. They have to keep up that intensity on the field. For 60 games, they're going to have to keep that same intensity with safety, too, is the bottom line. Yeah. Um, what if, uh, what if, like, the Blue Jays shock the world, right? And they're, like, you know, the young, dumb team, and maybe they sneak in and get that uh, wild card or a second wild card. But even if they got the wild card, the first one, so they get to host something, and then Canada's like, no, 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 you guys can come back. <laughs> yeah, we'll do 20% capacity. Yeah. Like get you guys some revenue come, out of it. You come back, eh? You know, a little poutine for everyone. And their cases are way down compared to us. I mean, Canada's well, that's large. They're trying to keep it that way. Yeah, they don't want us coming in. I read an article today about, like, truck drivers in Canada are like, no, we, I don't want to go into America. Like, I, I'm not interested in doing that as part of work right now. Can't blame them. Yeah. Um, speaking of America, we've got uh, t- trending today, hashtag boycott MLB. Uh, yesterday in exhibition games um, in Oakland, Gabe Kapler uh, and two other giants, uh, Jalen Davis, who is African-American, and first base coach uh, – Antone, it might be Antoine, I don't know, uh, Antone Richardson, who is black and from the Bahamas, uh, kneeled with Kapler. Uh, Kapler's parents are, they were civil rights activists. Um, he's very Jewish. Uh, so I think it has to do with, you know, Jewish oppression and, uh, you know, just minority rights overall. So he's kind of like raised around it. And then down in San Diego, Los Angeles Angels reliever, uh, Keenan Middleton uh, also need, kneeled and raised a fist during the national anthem. So I talked about it a while ago on this show. Like we're going to be the first, you know, of major sport back, and this is going to happen. There are a lot of uh, people in baseball who have, uh, you know, there are more people who have racist views in baseball than the NBA. I would say. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's going to be curious to see kind of what happens, especially as the season get go- gets going. And now blowback from some people who claim to be fans, uh, it may fire up more guys to do it. Uh, at the same time, m- there have been people who, you know, when the story was tweeted out that, um, you know, someone, you know, someone took a knee, uh, the Major League Baseball tweeted, members of the San Francisco Giants kneeling during National Anthem, Hashtag Black Lives Matter. They put out a clip. And uh, there were some people who said, the national anthem is saying for our military, not our law enforcement. Firstly, you, when you kneel, you're disrespecting our, your military. Yes, Black Lives Matter. Kneeling for the national anthem is showing complete lack of respect for our men and women fighting for your freedom. Now, when things like this get tweeted out, a ton of morons tweet things like this. And Major League Baseball, an organization that I've hated so much recently, responded, it has never been about the military or the flag. The players and coaches are using their platform to peacefully protest. And I, you know what? 
good for you, Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball social media for just kind of standing up, you know, for for what's right. It's shocking to see a league that's been so backwards for so long kind of take that stance on social media, no less, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, and it's you know, it's the fact that they they've done everything in social media wrong over the years <laughs> yes. to grow the game, and now you know they're standing up for the way things are going. They're standing up to and listen. If you're not going to watch baseball again, you because of this, you might as well boycott this podcast because I don't give a shit if you kneel during the the national anthem. First of all, everyone's mad about you know, and, and you know all the points at this point, and you're just a racist if you don't understand that the milit someone from the military told Colin Kaepernick to take a knee. Taking a knee is not a disrespect. It's never been about the military. It's been about here's a good way to separate myself and get some attention for the fact that, like, this is happening in the world, and I have this platform to do it, and here's how I'm going to do it, and now more people are doing it, which I think is amazing. Uh, the NFL gets paid millions of dollars every year to even do the national anthem. Like, these leagues get paid to Baseball's always done it, but they get paid to do it. They don't broadcast it, though, on TV in baseball. They get paid to do it and broadcast it on the NFL. No one has an issue with that. People have an issue with people kneeling for the flag, have no issue with the flag being put on hats and jerseys and bathing suits and all that shit, which is against it. Um, Also, what is the difference between an American flag and the sail on a boat? Nothing. When you look at those big flags that that they bring out for the NFL or for, like, big baseball games, those are not made by, like, oh, here's the secret silk of, like, George Washington's underwear. They're made by a sail maker in the Bronx on City Island. The same people that make sails for the America's Cup boats are doing that. So it's not like some special thing. It's the same fabric as sails. It's not blessed by some shit or, you know, it's it's insane to care about. And people who are in the military are often saying, hey, I signed up for the military. I don't give a fuck about these people protesting. Like, protest. Go nuts. That's I fought for you to be able to do that, not for a piece of fabric. You hit it right on the head. And if you noticed all the people that try to use the military as a crutch for this, none of those guys have served. It's like, well, my great-grandpa served in the war. Great. Did, did you, you serve? Fuck your you great-grandpa. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, cares. That's like where I grew up on City Island. Everyone is a patriot now uh, because they all are uh, – Most of, a lot of them are racist. So – and they're just like, well, you know, they think they're patriotic because they drink cheap beers at the American Legion. <laughs> or they're like, I'm in the sons of the American Legion. I'm like, dude, 9-11 happened while we were fucking 16. You could just join. You could have been in the military. You would right. just be in the American Legion. Instead, you failed the civil service test like six times. You're not a cop. And now you're an HVAC guy who drinks a lot of Bud Lights, so you smack around your girlfriend. No, that's it. All the people that are that are yelling and screaming about the military, none of those people have actually served. And the people, like you said, the people that are actually in the military are like, wow, you know, this is why I'm fighting. So you can have freedom of speech. So you can peacefully protest. And I'm obviously cool with it. We're both cool with it. It is what it is. Yeah. And hey, if you're in the military, thank you for your service. Like we we uh, we appreciate yeah. it. And thank you for you know, for the people who are saying, like, no, I understand this is a bigger thing. Like, I actually go to war to fight for people to be able to protest. Like, thank you for having that understanding and being supportive of these people. I do know for, like, uh, some of these guys, so for uh, Keenan Middleton with the 
Angels, like this wasn't planned. Like he didn't tell his agent in advance. He didn't tell anyone in advance. He just went. He it happened. He did it. He played a game, and then afterwards was like, "All right, I want to put out a statement." But like, you know, this isn't some big like conspiracy. This isn't QAnon or whatever the hell it is. It's just like these guys feel impacted every day. If you're white, you've never lived a day in their shoes. So just like trust them that they need our support. I hope more people kneel. I hope the whole Yankees team kneels on Thursday night. It would be cool to see. And then a quick fun fact, Antoine Richardson, the guy on the Giants, he scored the winning run on Jeter's last walk-off hit in 2014. That's why his name. I was like, yo, where is this name? Like, why is he so familiar? Michael K. Richardson is safe. That's the call. Wow, he got out of the league quick. (laughs) Yeah. And he barely, and he was barely safe on that play. If you and if you watch yeah. the replay, I still like it. Looks like he's going to get thrown out, and he just gets. Can you imagine Jeter's last hit? And they, they punch him out, and all of a sudden it's not a walk off. Like just wouldn't have worked. I I think the umpire would have fucking <laughs> just, <laughs> just hit the catcher. You could barrel over the catcher if you're the umpire. Um, speaking of the Giants, and since Antoine Richardson was the first base coach, he then got replaced in that same game at one point at first base. Uh, by the first female Major League Baseball coach that, um, I guess, because I think the Yankees have, like, an assistant hitting coach. In the minors. In the, mi- she's in the minors. Okay. Pebelic, yeah. So Alyssa Nakin is the first female uh, coach in MLB history, took over coaching first base last night. And I think, you know, it's a big I, don't know, I just think it's a big moment for the sport. I think it's very tough to be in her position. It's crazy. Like, she was born in 1990. I have accomplished so little in life. She's only 30 years old. Think about how tough it is, in general, if you're a man, to become a Major League Baseball coach by 30 years old. Yeah, she's obviously sharp. The Giants are obviously a great organization, but they're also very progressive. Being in the Bay Area, it doesn't surprise me that they're the first team to do this. And how pissed is Aubrey Huff? about this. He's got to be fuming. Oh, Aubrey Huff is just like, <laughs> he is polishing all his guns right now. I'm just like, they got a woman at first base. They're kneeling. Ah, yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, she went to uh, Cal State Sacramento and then got a, uh, a job in the baseball operations department as an intern in 2014. And then she worked on health and wellness programs while getting a master's from uh, University of San Francisco uh, in sport management. And then she just, like, worked her ass off. So good for her. You know? Uh, yeah. I don't and know people- if she'll be on I, – I don't know that she'll be there during the regular season coaching first base. I, I don't know how often teams, you know, switch out their first baseman. It's probably not, you know, her job. But, who, I mean, good for her. It's, it's going to be tough. At any point, especially in the near future, to have a woman manager, I think, uh, just because there are going to be guys who are like, you didn't play the game, you don't know, you know, but she's breaking barriers. She is, and there's also a difference between being a base coach or being a bench coach and being a manager. You hear a lot of times people say, well, the players aren't going to be comfortable with this. The players aren't going to like this. The players want whoever's going to help them win. Like, who's ever going to give them the best batting tips or, or the best base running advice? They just want the best possible possible advice. They just want to win win championships. So I don't think players care about that at all, like not being comfortable. I mean, it's I funny. think there are some. I think you there think? are probably some. Yeah, there are probably some or, you know... I, 
honestly, I think there are probably some that are a mix of Americans. I could see people coming from maybe some of the Latin American countries. I didn't American think of that, yeah. Who are just like, yeah, I worked my like whole life to get here. You're fucking 30 years old. You're going to tell me what's going on. You know, you haven't played. You didn't go through what I went through. You didn't ride the bus in the minor leagues. You didn't, you know, everyone has a journey to get to the major leagues. And whether it's you're like a prep school kid from California who gets his way there, or you come from Cuba, or you come from the Dominican Republic, and you maybe grew up with less, and then, you know, came and, you know, worked your way up. There, there is always going to be someone. The thing is, you just need someone on the other side who is going to say, like, shut the fuck up. And it seems like Gabe Kapler, you know, I don't think, I don't know that Gabe Kapler has had to do that, but he's, you know, he's taken a knee with his players. He's always been outspoken. To, he's probably just like, yo, this is what it is. I don't know if there was maybe a meeting with I was like, yo, this is what it is. She's a coach. You listen to your coaches. Yeah, and I think you're going to see the Giants really leading the charge charge with all this stuff. Like, if there is a first female manager, I could definitely see it being the Giants or or a California team. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, what else is going on? Oh, so we start on Thursday, and we've got uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci throwing out the first pitch, which should be interesting because, I mean – you're going to say it, you know, there are people who it, it, it'll make things maybe a little political. There'll probably be people who are like, well, I'm not watching it because you let him do it. And he said, don't wear a mask. And we didn't know everything four months ago one time, even though he said, I said, don't wear a mask because you idiots would all buy all the masks and we couldn't get them for the doctors. But now wear masks. And I've been saying wear masks for months. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm always curious because in general, when you get like a celebrity uh, first pitch, it's one thing, but, like, this guy's been in the spotlight. It's been hyped. He better not bounce it. Oh, he cannot bounce it. And everybody is going to be watching. Everybody is going to be watching this. And for idiots to complain about it, it's like, just shut up. Who gives it? I don't give a shit who throws out the first pitch. I don't give a shit. I, if he bounces it, though, I'm curious, like, what nickname, like, Trump will come up with for him. Oh, right. Oh, he'll definitely be watching that like a hawk. I didn't even think of that. Because that, that's a thing where I could tell, like – Donald Trump doesn't want to throw out that first pitch. Because, like, if it's not perfect, he's not going to do it. So, but, like, he also definitely doesn't want Fauci doing it. Yeah, I'm sure he's jealous of the attention he's getting. I'm surprised that he hasn't, like, scheduled a meeting with him. Like, oh, actually, no, I need to meet with you. I need you Thursday night at 730. (laughs) We're getting the crew back together. Um, I think COVID's been down. I mean, we talked about Puig a couple weeks ago. Puig tested positive before he got to the Braves, so no contract there. Uh... Uh, you know, with no, you gotta assume he's just gonna miss the season because he's had no spring training, no summer camp, now out for like two weeks. I don't know that anyone is gonna pick him up and off the street he's ready to go because there's nowhere to even rehab. There's not, but if he works out on his own and somebody's looking for kind of a deadline acquisition that's gonna come dirt cheap, who needs a bat, somebody gets hurt. I definitely wouldn't rule out him playing for somebody this year. Maybe, maybe like one of those young, dumb teams, you know, a team's like getting hot and they're like, ah, we could use a veteran bat off the bench or something like that to start. We'll see. Um, huh. Oh, in A-Rod, what the fuck are you doing, man? I love A-Rod. What the fuck are you doing? No, so I get it. I actually kind of get what A-Rod's doing. So A-Rod has come out and said that he thinks players – after he made half a billion dollars uh, playing baseball and had the highest paying contract in baseball twice, A-Rod thinks players should uh, be open to accepting a salary cap. <laughs> so 
on the surface, you're like, all right, that's stupid. Uh, what he is trying to say is like, right now, we make baseball makes a billion dollars. Why don't we all just get together and focus instead of you know and, and get it to 1.5 billion dollars, and then you get half of that money, you know, which is sounds amazing. The problem is, why can't we just get there and then figure it out? You know, like yeah. why do I have to? put a cap on what I'm doing now. Like we're kind of growing the game as it is. The league's the one who's fucking up on social media and really media as a whole. And with MLB TV and these competitive markets and who can blackouts and and things like that. Like I, I understand where he's coming from in terms of like, let's just focus on growing the game, but I'm not giving up any money to do that. You know. No, no, and this this kind of felt like a relapse almost. Like, A-Rod has gone the past five years for the most part without saying any dumb shit like that. And the first half of his career, and pretty much most of his career, he was always saying stupid shit that was contradictory and kind of made no sense. And he had done a really good job these past couple of years of not doing that. And this just this just screamed 2005, 2006 A-Rod, just saying something that made no sense and that made him look like a total hypocrite. Yeah, I mean, come on! You are the Bo- you are the Boris guy. You're the first guy to get a million guaranteed at signing out of the draft. First two hundred and fifty million dollar contract. First two hundred and seventy five million dollar contract. Like, come on, man! I love him too, but do as I say, not as I do. Like, it's kind of you know what he's giving. <laughs> yeah. And to a certain extent, it's like everyone knows you're trying to buy the Mets right now. <laughs> you know, like. Everyone knows you and J-Lo are going around, and you've got Mike Rapoli on your side now, and a couple other people. You know, you've talked to uh, Robert Kraft, and you're trying to outbid Steve Cohen. But, I don't know, bring that up after you get the, the ownership, you know? Yeah. He's clearly trying to he's clearly trying to suck up to the owners. And from everything I've read, I don't follow the Mets too closely, but it seems like it's Cohen's bid to lose. Well... Uh, not necessarily. It seems like Cohen has made his offer. And I think it was two million, two billion for the team, two billion for SNY. And some people don't know if SNY is even for sale. And he's kind of like, it's kind of all or nothing for me. And it wouldn't actually be two billion because he already owns like twenty percent, or you know, or something like that. Um, but a Rod, so. You know, you got A-Rod, you got J-Lo. They've got a lot of money, but, you know, they don't have billions. Um, they got Mike Rapoli, who sold vitamin water and then body armor, which is like, you just did the same thing twice. Like, I don't know how that guy got away for, uh, got away with that. I interned at body armor when I was in college, and it was the worst job I've ever had by oh, far. It was right. like driving around to 7-Elevens, like, trying to get reorders for the sports drink that tasted like shit. Not to- Where were they based? So they, I, they were based. I, I was when I was in Delaware. So my territory or whatever was like part of PA, part of Delaware, and Gosh. part of like Maryland. And just driving around all day, going to gas stations and convenience stores. It was totally miserable. Yeah, that sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> but when I first saw it, like it was like, oh, Trout and Gronk. It's a sports drink. I'm gonna meet athletes. Like, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into. But like that guy's got a lot of money, and then. Yeah. So with that, and then, you know, they went to Robert Kraft, and they had a meeting with him, and he's obviously got a lot of money. And then there's kind of an interesting element that uh, I believe they have uh, asked Dave Portnoy and Big Cat if they would like to be part of the ownership group. Interesting. That'd be cool. So Portnoy is boys with Rapoli through, they're both horse racing guys, 
and he's done stuff with Barstool and Body Armor's been a big uh, advertiser. Yes. And then Big Cats Boys with A-Rod. Because when this all first started coming out, Dave was like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I may have been approached, you know, by about a team by, like, someone and, you know, and was playing and Big Cat was like, oh, so are we doing this? He was like, what do you mean we? Like, I was approached. He was like, yeah, yeah. A-Rod went to Rapoli, who went to you. A-Rod came to me. <laughs> like, because I'm yeah, boys with A-Rod. The, yeah. The circle. I think MLB would hate that, though, to have, have Barstool involved in an MLB team. I mean, couldn't you see Manfred, like, nixing that? Yeah, I mean, it would make – it would get people out to games. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a dicey – in today's current climate, dicey. Four months ago, less dicey. Growing the game, very good. Yeah. I mean, think about the, the following that those guys have, and it's all younger. It's all younger people. Like, oh, people yeah. are always saying, how do we get younger fans into baseball? It could be looking at it. Are you wearing an Araldus Chapman tank top? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where are you even getting Araldus Chapman tank top? Uh, a for, former client actually sent this to me because uh, I'm in the, the promo industry. So It, it looks like it's from, like, the 80s. Like, it, it's a good – like, it's an old-school design. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I wear this. I wear this a lot. I really like this one. But yeah, good eye to see that over the over the computer screen because it doesn't. If you notice, there's no Yankee, yeah, no NYY logo, but you just know what he looks like. But yeah, I wear this. I wear this a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like the kind of vintage shirts. I saw a shirt on a guy one time, uh, and it was like Reggie Jackson with like two bottles of champagne. It just said like after the party's the after party. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was just, I just couldn't find the shirt anywhere. The other good shirt is I've seen a lot of where it's like um, it's George and Jeter and Bernie on the Seinfeld episode, like taking BP. That's a classic T-shirt. I've seen that at Billy's and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a Saturdayser for the boys shirt. They were selling mm-hmm. like one of like Saturdayser for and then it has them. <laughs> so, all right. We got 60 games ahead of us. Oh, and I guess, yeah, three Astros got hit with pitches today. I can't wait till they get hit in real games and – Altuve had to leave uh, leave the game. He got hit. Yeah, he got hit on the hand or wrist area. And when he actually, you can Twitter this or Google this or whatever. He was. It was actually after that he was coming home and scoring, and he like tripped and fell and landed awkwardly. So that's why he left the game. So that's definitely something to to keep an eye on for uh, sure. Yeah, because I could see. I just saw it was. I guess it was him and Bregman, possibly like back to back. And Springer got it. Springer got hit too. Good for them. Oh, yeah, he fell after he crossed home plate. Oh, that's even better. That's yeah, even exactly. better than getting hit by a pitch. Like, you did it because you've got weak little baby bones. <laughs> right. I hope right. he didn't knock his buzzer loose. The memes of him are, like, falling on his face and stuff on, on going around on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter were hilarious. So it's something to keep an eye on with them. I think you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot of that. Fuck those guys. I'd rather not even see them in the playoffs. You know? No, me too. Everybody's like, I want to, to be the best. You got to beat the best and play the Astros. I don't want that. I want the easiest path possible. I want the easiest path, and I want to. When they play the Astros, I want to be able to be there. Yes. No, you're exactly right. What is your prediction for this weekend? You think we sweep two out of three? Wow. The Yankees just announced that they optioned Montgomery down. What? Yeah, Montgomery did not make the roster. No way. Holy shit. Who, yeah. What is the plan? Who's starting? Uh, no Tanaka, no Montgomery, no Schmidt. I, I don't understand the first turn. Yeah. Um, what? And it looks like Clint maybe made the roster? 
I don't see him on the the list of people going down. They said Montgomery made the rotation. I like a. Yankees announced Tuesday they've optioned lefty Jordan Montgomery to the team's alternate site in Scranton. Now, this might be a move where it's like you're down there for four days or whatever. This might be a shuttle move. They're going to activate him. You know what? They'll activate him Tuesday. They will activate him for game five of the season. All right. Yeah, I mean. That's what they're going to do. There's yeah. no way they can go through the first turn without him. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I guess. It, it's got to be that. Yeah, okay. I guess this way – and we think about that bullpen game that they're going to do Sunday in D.C. They need as many arms as possible. He was obviously not going to pitch in that game. So then it makes sense a little bit, and they'll activate him Tuesday. Yeah, it's got to be, yeah. Because there's no way they're going through the first turn without using him. He's looked absolutely lights out. I mean, yeah, it's, hopefully it's that, and there's not, like, uh, you it's know. It's not IL. They no. didn't say anything about an injury. Okay. Yeah, so, all right. It's probably just some, some funny business. Kind of sucks for him, though. He doesn't get to be with them in, in D.C. on opening night. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, like, to a certain extent, I'd be like, all right, cool. So just, like, I don't know, I'll sit, I'll sit inside. Like, just let me, yeah. let me come. Like, we've gone through enough. That's the thing that kind of that stinks about baseball. It's just the up and yeah. down. No, for sure. And I guess you can't do that with Hap because of the service time thing. So, Yeah. So, all right. We've got 60 games ahead of us. I've got the Yankees going 43 and 17. I was going to say 42 and 18, so we're okay. right there. Yeah. And that's not me, like, going through and being like, oh, this game, this game, this game. But by um, – I think I actually I think we go out and we win the opener. I think Cole goes out there and fucking pitches a gem. Obviously, he's not going to complete game, but I think that there's a good chance that Cole goes out there and shocks us with like six innings. Oh, I think our, sure. I think our bats look good. I think Scherzer looked shaky in his last start. I think we can get on them early, which has always been our thing, and it's kind of everyone's thing. We get on them early. I think we go out and get that game. Um, I could see us in the weekend series going two and one, winning game one, losing game two, and then stealing in a bullpen Sunday one o'clock game, a uh, game three. Yeah, that could go either way. My my gut says we win the first one and then lose the next two, just because big Patrick Corbin fan. It's tough for me to say that we're going to beat him on a bullpen game. He's been pretty lights out, and then Strasburg and Paxton's a tough matchup too. They're all tough matchups. That's what makes it kind of tough for the first three. But then we get the Phillies number four, the Phillies number five, and it gets a lot easier after that. And it's funny because it's like I I look at the schedule. And I'm like, oh, at Phillies, like, and it's like, oh, we can't do anything. I know it's, a, and I actually called and asked if they were going to like allow any tailgate or anything. They said no. Who do you even call for that? You just call I called them? the t- I called the ticket office, like the. the general line then they're apparently their ticket reps are working i don't know what they're selling but they it sounded like a full off well i know for like the yankees like invoices for 2021 went out today unreal because people are pissed because there are some people so it all has to do with like your rep so i talked to some people today i was doing some some i did some journalism today i i reached out i found out information about the players taking the knee and how they got to there and then i found out that it really has to do with your rep. So some people, they just like their rep has been like got them their refunds for their season tickets or whatever. And some people have been told like, oh, it'll be a little bit because their rep's just like slacking off. But the invoices automatically go out. So people are like 
fans are saying, you haven't given me back my money or refunded me or given me a credit or done anything with what I paid for this season, and now you're demanding money for next year. I know as soon as they announce the schedule for next year, our ticket rep, like, set up a call with Scott. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a mess. i got to figure out. I haven't even thought about any of that, so that's something i got to get got to get squared away too but I mean I know other teams have been much more generous like there's other teams where their fans have already gotten refunds yeah I had to I had tickets that I bought that I remember like I told someone from the Yankees I was going to be at this game and they're like why the fuck do you buy tickets dummy I was like I don't know I bought tickets so I had a physical ticket for like you know my daughter or whatever because we were going to go and uh, I was like oh you know what I never got refunded that they had had some promo so I got two tickets for like 17 bucks and um I looked, I was like, I never refunded that, and I emailed them saying, they were like, all right, now we added you to the list. And I was like, so wait, so if I, when I went into Ticketmaster, it said nothing in there. If I didn't email you, you would have just kept my money. Unbelievable. Has your dad figured out uh, StubHub from our opening day games? It's a good question. I still owe you 190 bucks. You do. <laughs> you do. And you know what? I haven't requested it on Venmo because I know your thing is you pay Venmo right away when someone requests it. Yeah, yeah. Quick. And then I'd be fronting it. Yeah. 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 So... I mean, I've even thought about, like, oh, is there, you know, I, I feel, because I, I'm trying to be responsible, but I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there's the, there are outdoor bars by the stadium. But then it's like, I'm just near the stadium. Like, I'm just paying 10 bucks a beer on a Monday to to be near that, the stadium. That, that's something I would do with you, like, once, once or twice. Like, I would not make a do that every weekend, like, heading up there on a Saturday, like, we're going to a game, and then we're just no, standing outside. No, 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 no. I mean, like, the Phillies. Oh, Xfinity, okay. Xfinity Live has outdoor, like, PBR has an outdoor thing. But then it's like, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of uh, near the game. Yeah, no, it doesn't really, it doesn't really do it. I'd almost make it worse. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't, I'm so close, but I can't go in. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just... Swatch that at home. It's tough, man. And, and I always argue with the people that are like, I have my couch, my bathroom, my TV that enjoy watching at home. I'm a big, just like you are, a big go-to-the-game guy, and it's tough. Tough not to have that. Yeah. Watching the games and being like, I'll never be there. That's fucking tough. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think that you know that's what we got for this week. Uh, we are, like, I'm excited I'm excited to watch some baseball. It's weird to... It was even weird last week to be like, oh, 7 o'clock, I have something to do. It was exciting, man. The adrenaline, like, I don't know, my biological clock was like, oh, we're back, like, 7 o'clock. So, the game starts at 7.08 on Thursday. What is your, like, what does Thursday look like for you? Do you just start pacing in your apartment, like, the second you wake up? I'm going to have to take a walk because I'm not going to want to start. I'm not going to want to start drinking super early and, like, not remember Cole's first start. I think you're going to see a long walk. You're going to see a lot of pacing. Uh, definitely at least a 15, 20-minute phone call with my dad just going over. Going over last thoughts, kind of calming each other down, and then, then 7.08 it gets going. But Thursday is going to be a slog. I don't anticipate sleeping Wednesday at all. Uh, I love it. Shout out to Mr. Kirby. I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> well, hey, we... I think if they get off game one, they're going to really push to get through game 60. So uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter and on Instagram. And again, go if you adopt a dog, I'll give you $100. Like, I don't – there's no catch. You don't have to follow anything or whatever. I'll just give you $100. Um, follow the show at George's Box Pod. I got to give Nick the login information so we can actually do stuff with it because I don't do anything with those accounts. Um but yeah, hey, if we uh, we get this started, I think we're going to finish it. 
And in that case, we'll see you at the parade. What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you a 10-minute episode all about soccer's legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now or binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.